I think oftentimes people take their problems, and I see it all the time. Mm -hmm. People take their problems from one place to the next place mm -hmm. to another place, and mm -hmm. they just create more problems, and they create problems for other people because of the fact that they can't leave the problem alone. Right. They can't leave the problem where it's at, and they can't get to a place where they're creating a state of mind that gets you ready for a new beginning. Yeah. And I think that every time you get through something, there is a new beginning. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. You yeah, all of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Push Podcast. I am your co-host. This is Eddie. Is this happening right now? Yes, it's happening. All right. Well, I just I'm jumped, Janelle. Just jumping right into it. I'm Checking in the middle the mic. of trying to make a Target purchase right now. <laughs> and... I'm looking for my wallet. I just started. <laughs> and if I don't get these, I got to tell you, here's my what in the world. What's your what in the world? Talk are we really me. recording? Yeah, we are recording. We're jumping right on in. Okay. I discovered this furniture place. They're not paying me to tell you about this, but here's how the story goes. On talk radio, which is the only time I consume news, 1070, right? It's super boring, but they're to the point. They're unbiased and I appreciate it. Right. So I'm driving a few months ago and they tell me that Court Furniture Outlet is the outlet where you can go and get the best furniture that they use in all the model homes. And some of it's new, some of it's used because they've used it to stage homes or whatever. So I find out where all the court furniture outlets are and I drive all the way to Costa Mesa to go to one. And I got to tell you, it was the biggest buzzkill. Mm. It was like... Super cheap, dumb IKEA furniture, <laughs> but super expensive. Like it wasn't, right. it wasn't all that great. It just looked very sleazy, used car dealership type. Right. I wasn't impressed. Well, when I was in this area, there were all these other furniture places. Have you ever noticed? Like you go to a furniture place, and there's also hardware places and rug places. And so I'm learning that. Mm -hmm. And so I saw this sign for this furniture place called HD Buttercup. And I was like, okay, that's a weird name, but whatever. Right. So I go, and it happens to be at uh, in the same shopping center as this event that we had been to many years ago. Was it Chuck Jones? Yeah, Chuck Jones is like art entertainment center. Yeah, it's or like an art whatever. exhibit place. Yeah. So, anyways, I go into HD Buttercup, and it was the best furniture I've ever seen in my life. Is it high definition? High end, oh. <laughs> beautiful. Really contemporary stuff that just looks rich. Right. And I was like, this is what I've been missing out on my whole life. You didn't even have to see. You just saw a couple of things and you're like, this is I everything. was like, I love everything in here. It's like one of those places where all the wood looks really high end. All yeah. the wood matches. Uh, like none of them are the same hues, but they go. It's like just the same contemporary furniture that I've been looking for my entire life. Right. right? So I'm like a kid in a candy store and I go crazy in there. And then I start looking at tags and I'm like, oh, you need to pump your brakes because yeah. the table that I couldn't live without was $3,440. And I was like, 
are you kidding me? So the sign said set up to 75% off. Mm -hmm. Like it was on sale. It was the day before Thanksgiving, right? So I said, are these your Black Friday specials? And he goes, yeah, you know, what are you looking at? I said, well, I'm interested in this table, but what's like the best deal you could give on this table? Are the prices negotiable? And he kind of chuckled because why? I ask that. Right. Right. Are the prices negotiable? Because <laughs> this, I, this negotiation? shit says $3,440. Hey, you know what's interesting when you say that? The negotiation has already begun. Like, yeah. <laughs> as soon as you ask that But question. you'd be surprised how many people don't ask that. Hey, is this negotiable? Right. I told Jasmine, our oldest daughter, when she went for an interview, I said, ask what the going rate is, like what they're offering you, and then ask them if it's negotiable. Right. She was like, I'm not going to do that. Okay, well, closed mouths don't get fed. (laughs) This is also why women are underpaid, because we don't have the audacity to ask. I ask for lots of things. (laughs) We've talked about that many times on the podcast, right? Yeah. So I ask the guy, and he says... Well, yeah, it's negotiable. And I said, okay, well, what's the best deal you can give me on this table? Because I really like it. I have to have it. But there's no way I'm spending $3,400 on this. He goes, I'll give it to you for $1,500. And I was like, okay. I mean, that's cool. Let me think about it. I'm going to walk around. (laughs) And I just, I don't need a $1,500 table, but I really liked it. And it was beautiful. And I wanted something from this store, right? Right. And then I stumble across this room that has all of these amazing bar stools. And I'm like, oh my God, these are my dream bar stools. Every one of them is just like something you see in a contemporary magazine or something, right? This isn't something you order from like Ikea or go to Home Goods or TJ Maxx. This is not yeah. TJ Maxx shit, right? Yeah, and, it, and there's nothing wrong with those stores if they want to no. if they want. And I'll tell you how I went and <laughs> bought some. I'll get to that in a second. I if, buy if lots TJ of Maxx stuff wants from to, TJ Maxx and Home Goods, right? If they want to be a sponsor of the Push I'm Podcast, I'm all for it because I go a lot. Yeah, I go a lot. <laughs> a lot of stuff in my kitchens from TJ Maxx, Home Goods. I'm always here for a bargain. But the point is, HD Buttercup in Costa Mesa found it, loved it, whatever. So I go back to him and I say, okay, 1500 bucks. Is that the best you can do? And he starts laughing and he goes, let me go over to the system. So he comes back and he goes, it's the last one in the entire company. I mm-hmm. said, oh, maybe you've had it for a long time. Maybe you'd like to let it go. Get it right. off your hands, you know, make room for new inventory. So he starts laughing. He goes, I'll tell you what, I'll give it to you for 700 bucks. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Wrap it up. Let's go. Right. Okay, so then he says, um, it doesn't fit in my car. So he says, I'll give you seven days to come pick it up. We'll put a tag on it. It says sold, whatever. So I go back on the seventh day. I go to rent a U-Haul. It's a Tuesday. I'm excited. One of my friends, shout out to Nicole. She's going to come with me, drive the U-Haul to Costa Mesa. She wanted to see some furniture. We go. And before like I, I got the U-Haul, I was waiting for her to finish school because she's a teacher and I knew that I had to fill up gas. So I went and put $25 worth of gas in so I didn't have to get gas later. And then I was like, let me call them before we go out there. And they're closed Tuesdays and Wednesdays. That's a damn. That's a bummer, right? (laughs) That's a bummer. I rented the U-Haul. For for a person like you, you you always call no matter what. You'll call Carl's Jr. Yeah. Like call Carl's Jr. Just make sure they have fresh fries. Fun fact about me. (laughs) I just called Panera Bread in Glendora and said, hey, I would, I'd like to she know, called, do you have wait, a kitchen sink cookie? But most yes, people, ma'am, we do. Can you put it aside? I'll be right there. Well, can I just say this? Most people think that like fast food places don't have phones. 
like before I met you and we, and we got married and all this kind of stuff, and you started saying you should call them, and then we'd be like calling Jack in a Box. Like, no, we've they, never called Jack I'm, in a Box. You're saying, exaggerating. Place, okay, well, uh, fast but I did food. call Panera. <laughs> yes. I've never called another fast food restaurant. I'm pretty sure you've had me call like somewhere random. No. Like, I don't think they have a phone call, a phone number there. Call Pollo Loco and make sure they got chicken or something crazy. Hey, Pollo Loco has <laughs> been out of chicken before, so that's a... But no, I've never called a fast food place. You're exaggerating. But I do call to double confirm yeah, why, because my sure. time, I can never get back. And you would agree, I think, that I'm really good with my time. Like, I'm really efficient. Today, for example, I'm going to pivot my story now. <laughs> For example, I tell my husband, hey, can you help me with these three errands? Because I have six errands. So you're off today. Why don't you help? Right. So I need you to go pick up some lotion from Walmart. Here's a list for Costco. And then where was the third place? Trader Joe's. Okay. So here's three things, three lists. I said, if I I were you. I had to go to eye appointments. Right. I said it was at two o'clock when I left you. Yeah. I said your eye appointments at 3.30. I would start at Walmart because it's, you know, you're going to get unperishable things. And then I would work my way to Costco if you need to come home, drop off that stuff, have the kids put it away. And then I would maybe make Trader Joe's my last stop after your eye appointment. I literally give you a map. Yeah. You guys, he didn't listen. Nope. He calls me and says, oh, yeah, I went to Walmart, but I got to go back because I only got one of the two things that I was supposed to get. Let me get this straight. You went to Walmart for two things, but you decided to drive all the way over there and only get one of those things. Can I just can I just plead my case? That's the stupidest can thing I, I've ever heard. Then he says okay. the line's really long. People are going crazy because of the pandemic. It doesn't make sense. You got I in know. your car, drove to the Walmart in Glendora, right. got one of the two items that you right. needed, and then you left. Well, here's the that thing. That was piss poor planning. Here, here's the thing. Okay. And it may have been bad planning, but I got into Walmart, right? And Walmart, one, we don't go there often. Mm -hmm. So I went there and I was like, okay, I'm here to get lotion and feminine pads. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a proud girl dad. They're in the same department. (laughs) Right. So I'm I'm in there. I send you a picture. And I, yeah, right. And so I'm in there and I go, oh my God, these lines are ridiculous. So I'm going to get one thing. I don't know exactly where the pads are. And I was like, if I wait in this line, if I go and look for these pads and I have to wait in this line, I won't have enough time to go to Costco and then go to make my eye appointment at 3.30, right? So I said, okay, I'm just going to get this lotion. I have to come back to Trader Joe's. And so it's right down the street. I'll just go back to Walmart and get the pads. But you said yourself it was crazy. Why would you leave a store with I, one item I, with I'm, intent to go back? Because By I the had way, t- I know I had, exactly. I had, I, had to, I had to make it to my eye appointment by by 3.30. But you so, could have skipped the other thing and just been efficient at the no, one that if you I if I would have, So here's the thing. Here's the, here's the time crunch I was in. If I would have got the pads and then waited in that line... Then I would have had the space where I didn't have enough time to go anywhere but wait for my appointment. And then okay. you would have been like, oh, well, that was really bad planning. So I was just like, you know Either what? Either way, it was bad planning. But here's the thing. I got done with everything by 4.30, okay? I went to Walmart. I went to Costco. I went and got my eye appointment. I went I to Trader Joe's. And I went to and I went to Stater Brothers because I forgot to get eggs from Costco. And Costco didn't have Dove soap. And they didn't have... Um, Rookie move. Don't ever buy that from Trader Joe's or from Stater Brothers. Well, and I didn't have toilet paper. So Cockle didn't have to- toilet paper. So I needed to go to the grocery store to get this stuff. Okay. So... 
how many long women story, are story, out there that have stories. husbands that would go to the store and say, you know what? <laughs> I don't know where something is. So rather than just running and swooping it up really quick, I'm going to take another trip all the way back to Glendora from Covina just so I can get the second item. That's the most what in the world <laughs> moment I've ever right, freaking heard right, in my life. Well, here's, here's my what in the world. Okay, right. wait, let me finish my okay, story. Okay, okay, go. So I take the U-Haul back and I tell the manager, hey, I know this is going to sound stupid, but I rented this truck only to go get a table and the furniture place is closed on Tuesday, which I don't understand because I looked at the receipt and I bought the damn table on a Tuesday. But it says on the recording that they're closed Tuesday and Wednesday. I called 32 times on Tuesday and Wednesday just to double check and they never once answered their phone. <laughs> never once. And then on Friday, I rented a U-Haul. I called to double check first. I said, hey, you know, I have a table to come pick up. He goes, oh, yeah, this is John. I sold it to you. I said, well, dude, you guys are closed on Tuesday and Thursday. He goes, no, we're not. We're open seven days a week. <laughs> That's my what in the world. What in the fuck? I'm like, do you know how frustrating that was? I had to rearrange my whole week. Then I had to go on Friday without a friend to keep me company. So here we are. Well, I'm sorry. I don't even remember the point of my what in the world. <laughs> All right. Well, here's my what in the world. Okay. So you go and do that on Friday. On Friday. I get home and then you're like, hey, let's take the U-Haul back. Mm-hmm. Right. And so me and Jordan go and we go to take the U-Haul back. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're driving down the street and, you know, I'm seeing, I look across the street at the Arco gas station. Now, I don't go to Arco typically because I think they got water in their gas. I'm like, okay. it's just a cheap gas station for whatever reason. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm just kind of leery. I don't either because I grew up but on it, Arco But, you know, gas. Arco gas, if you want to sponsor the push podcast, I oh, have no God. <laughs> so, so I look across the street and I see this a really sketchy person over there. Mm-hmm. They're like pacing and talking to themselves. And so I'm like, oh, God. But I want to go because the, the U-Haul um, return place is in the same direction, mm-hmm. right? And I don't want to backtrack, mm-hmm. right? I'm trying to be good with my time because I know good. my wife's going to go I'm so proud of you. That's like my love that. language. Oh, it literally is. That right. makes me so happy when you properly manage your time. It's such a turn on. Oh, God. Okay. You're so hot. Oh, okay, so I... Not uh, today, but <laughs> oh, I don't give you credit for it the other day. <laughs> Anyways. All right, so I, I look across the street and Jordan's with me. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking maybe she's looking where I'm looking. So we pull into the Arco <laughs> gas station. With a sketchy person. With a sketchy person. Mm-hmm. I pull in. I get to where we're going to get gas. I stop. I look at her. I say, lock your door. I'm thinking she is seeing what I am seeing. Okay. Right? And so I get out. I can say, hey, when I get out of the car, I lock my door. And she mm-hmm. looks at me weird. First, she looked <laughs> at me weird when I asked her to lock her door. She's like, <laughs> what? I go, lock the door. Right? Well, you have a button right next to you. No, Why it's you... manual. It's like... You know, oh, the U-Haul. The U-Haul, okay, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. So the U-Haul is manual. So okay. I'm like, lock your door. And I'm like, when I get out, lock my door. And she's looking at me all crazy. And so I'm getting gas. And this crazy person is like, looks at me, makes complete eye contact with mm-hmm. me. And I always think if someone really crazy like that looks at me in the eye, will it pass over the craziness to me? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just didn't want to make eye contact. Okay. <laughs> like a possession? Yes, yeah. So I pumped the gas. They're like, get it real close. And I'm like, okay, if I have to, like, I, I wear a size 12 shoe or 11 and a half on the, you know, depending on the shoe. Mm-hmm. If I have to, like, kick this person away from me, I have no problem doing it. But they're getting real, real close. Real close to the car, to Real Jordan, close to me. To okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so um, I get in the car and I, I knock on the window and she opens the door and I'm like, man, I said, that crazy person. She goes, what crazy person? 
I said, you didn't see the person storming around the, the gas station mm-hmm. looking crazy and all that? She goes, no. I said, why do you think I told you to lock your door? She goes, I don't know. That's why I was like, why is it going to be lock the door? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what have we done to these children that have no awareness? They didn't they had, grow up What in the, in the world is going on? She had zero idea that she was in danger. Yeah, right? we have kept them far too <laughs> I'm just, safe. I'm just saying. But I was like, I don't know. I said, I don't understand. You didn't see that person? She goes, no. I go, what were you looking at? Like, you, what, what are you paying attention to? Like, I don't understand. And so it made me think, I was just like, wow, you know. Well, if you're she her was father. Not, you're her 240 pound father. I know, father I was going to protect her. Who, right. But if I was not there, if she was a, you know, five years older and she had to return to U-Haul, uh-huh. she would not have saw the crazy person, would have left the door open, the, the crazy person would have jumped in the car and drove away with the U-Haul, <laughs> like fucking bad out of hell. <laughs> and she would have been like, I didn't even see it coming. Oh where was that? Where did that person come from? Right? She's pretty aware though. <laughs> no. I mean, not in that no. situation. I won't have her back with that. Right. But I, you know, so like the situational awareness mm. is, is so, so important. But that was my what in the world <laughs> that I was like. Well, they haven't and I had grown another up, what in the world, but I don't know if I want to say it. Well, they haven't grown up in a place where like they've needed to pay attention because we have protected them. Yeah. And maybe we that's, robbed them of that. Yeah, I'm just going to tell you, know. you well, should now, walk, send your now. kids down some sketchy ass alleys. That's what they need. And they need to be around some sketchy suspects because they need you need to see how will they respond. Right. Like. I, the kids know I'm crazy. I have a knife in my purse. I have a knife in my center console. There's been a couple of times where there was someone sketchy walking towards us and I just pull out the knife and I'll flash it. Like, I don't care. There's There was a time. There was a time. And this is a whole podcast episode in itself. Remember someone knocked on our door mm-hmm. saying that someone was chasing them. I should save this for the next one, but I'm yeah. already in the story. So what would you do if someone knocked on your door at 11 o'clock at night, like frantically, you know, like, like aggressively. Right. And we have glass on our, on our door. So I didn't peek over. I just said, who is it? And she said, someone's chasing me. Please let me in. All I could think about was what if she's really being chased? What if it was my daughter and she was being chased by someone and she was knocking on a neighbor's door. If they didn't let one of my daughters in, I'd freak out, right? right? right. Long story short, I let this lady in. She winds up being a crackhead. She's homeless. <laughs> I call the police. I've got a knife in my hand and I'm fully capable and ready to fight her crackhead ass to get her out of my house to protect my family, mm-hmm. right? So I wind up strong arming her, putting her out. And then immediately when I closed and locked the door, I ran through the house holding a knife to make sure that she wasn't trying to deflect or distract me while someone broke in, right? right. So I don't know. I You'd think that they would see me, like that craziness kick in and be like, oh, my mom always goes for the knives. Yeah. Well, I bring up that that story and then I have another one in the world that I I, I think I have oh to say. Oh my God. You, so, and I'm gonna say, no, I'm gonna do this right now because this, this was interesting. So my wife, love her to death. I'm sitting right uh, here. Yeah, I love you to death. I, I just think you're just amazing. Well- <laughs> She tells me, and I just want to make sure, I want the audience to to give us feedback on this episode. Okay. She tells me a wonderful dream about (laughs) adopting babies, right? Do you remember the dream? Yeah. And so she's telling me about an Uh ex-boyfriend wanting to have, coming to her and pleading to her to have a child. That's (laughs) not what I said. What was the story again? I said I had a terrible dream. (laughs) 
And then I didn't say anything about it. And you asked me again. So I was like, we were going to adopt a baby. There was this whole thing that they ran. All these kids needed homes, whatever. These moms were pregnant. And I had, you know, we agreed that we were going to do this. And then I had ran into my ex-boyfriend by some chance. And he said, I always want to have a daughter with you. And I said, oh, well, here's some paperwork on this adoption (laughs) thing. If you're looking for a daughter, you know, we're doing this. My husband and I are doing this, blah, 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 blah. So we go apparently on, this is a dream, you guys, (laughs) apparently on one night, which is very similar to when I had Jordan, everybody in the city went into labor. So all these moms that were giving their kids up for adoption all went into labor at the same time. So we're there waiting for our adopted mother to give us our baby, right? And so they're like, Copeland, you're up. And so we go and we get our adopted baby and we're excited and taking pictures (laughs) in the newspapers there. And then they call his last name, Harris, you're up. And he's there by himself. I'm like, oh my God, he did this, right? So he goes and he gets his baby, but he's not excited. And so then somehow, I don't know when it was, he was like, I thought we were doing this together. And I'm like, no, we weren't. I did this with my husband. And he goes, well, I didn't want this kid on my own. And I'm like, okay, well then I'll take the kid. So we wind up raising both of the kids. But what in the world is now we have two daughters. (laughs) Two adopted (laughs) kids. Two adopted daughters in dreamland. Yeah. (laughs) I said, and then he was like an uncle, but really we were the parents, right? How is that a what in the world? It was a dream. (laughs) It was a dream. Yeah. Well, I was like, uh, shit, no, you ain't have no daughter with my, my wife. <laughs> me, it was an adopted kid. Let me pretend that you're a crackhead. I got a knife in my hand. Oh, no, my so, God. All right, so I was thinking about... Here's the, the title of this episode. What? I'm going to tell you what it is. What? You ready? Prepare for problems. That's We are Shut so married. <laughs> we didn't discuss this. No, is that didn't. really? That's exactly where I was okay. going. We've, Everything we just listed was a problem. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I was thinking about this because we mentioned on a, of another podcast, we were mm-hmm. like, you know, that's an episode in itself is like problems are always going to be like we were talking about disturbances, right? Mm-hmm. And like, you don't necessarily wake up saying I'm ready for any problem, mm-hmm. you know, but I think that there is a certain level of preparedness that you can have around what's in store or what can happen or what's outside of your control. Can I tell you my biggest pet peeve with people, people on the planet, human beings, is that they pray for their problems to go away and then think that they're going to be problem free. It's like you don't anticipate that other bad shit will happen and it just always will. I'm not saying to live pessimistically, but I'm saying like, You get into a relationship when you're young, right? Not knowing if it's going to work out. Right. But you have fun while you're in it. You learn what you can. And if it doesn't work out, then you go your separate ways. Right. Sometimes there's children involved. You make the best of it, right? You and Fab did. Sometimes there's dogs involved. Sometimes there's property involved, but you make the best of it. Maybe it's That's like a not a hamster. terrible thing right. that you're just like, oh my God, I, I want to pray that whole relationship but, away. But what I right? think, yeah. But what I think what people get wrong about problems is they think that when we talk about being prepared, and this is for me, I don't mm-hmm. know what your preparedness okay. is, but when I think about being prepared for problems, I'm thinking, where am I mentally and where am I from an emotional intelligence standpoint ready for anything that can happen? Right. Like, have I prepared myself? Have I, you know, when I, when I have meditation or prayer, am I making sure that my mind is ready that anything that's outside of my control can happen? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think the mental preparedness that you have to have for things that may go wrong 
are what make the difference, mm-hmm. right? And I think they make the difference from people who crack under pressure. Mm-hmm. They make the difference from people who lose their mind. That, that And then are for people who project all their problems onto everyone right. else. So I think you're at step two. Let me just say what I okay. meant. Yeah. My clarifier for what I originally said is you have to know that life is about ebbs and ebbs flows, and flows yeah. ups and downs, right? And you're not ever going to get through a problem only to never have a problem again. Right. And so I think that that's step number one is to know that life is not supposed to be problem free, but the weight that you give the problem is often unwarranted. Mm. Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, you said something too. So wait, l- yeah. when I was at HD Buttercup on Friday, the second goddamn time I rented the <laughs> U-Haul, right? I go, and again, I'm going crazy in there. I have a U-Haul now, so I'm waiting on them to give me a great deal on all kinds of stuff. I, I found my dream bar stools. Wait, wait. My dream bar stools. I can't tell you. These bar stools I was in love with. They were gold. You just hold your laughter for no, a second. It's... I lost my fucking U-Haul key in <laughs> the furniture place. I was there for an hour and 30 minutes. I had a notebook full of all of the measurements in my house of things I needed furniture for. I brought a measuring tape. I had the U-Haul ready to go. I rented blankets. Like I was ready to take the whole store home, right? Because I was going to negotiate. And... And I didn't get the deals that I wanted. So I wound up just, you know, hey, drive around back. We'll load up your, your uh, that's a whole nother what in the world. We'll load up your your table. And you guys, I go to get in the U-Haul and the U-Haul keys are gone. I had been in this store, which is probably 50,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. I had sat on 25 couches, went through 35 dresser drawers. Like if I, if you could see like a print of everything I touched in that store, there's no fucking way that I was going to find that key. Right. That's a problem. <laughs> that is a problem yeah. that I didn't foresee. So immediately I start thinking, what am I going to tell the U-Haul people? How long will it take them to get here? How much is this going to cost me? And I'm just trying to problem solve through this because the chances of me finding the U-Haul key are slim to none. Right. So I go back in, I spend an hour and 45 minutes trying to find the key, overturning sofa, you know, couch (laughs) cushions. I'm in the bathroom. I'm talking to the cleaning lady. I'm so annoyed at this point. And I'm just like, at one point I sat on one of the couches and I said, Lord, please just give me the strength (laughs) because this is really something. Like, how did I get myself in this predicament? I was going too fast. So let me just force myself to slow down, right? And then the people that work there felt sorry for me and they helped me start turning cushions and we found it in the most unlikely cushion, whatever, celebration. I got in the U-Haul. I said a prayer. Lord, please, I'm going to take my time getting home right. because if losing the key is the worst thing that happened to me today and losing three hours of my time is the worst thing that can happen to me today, I'm just going to slow it down right. because I don't want to flip my U-Haul and I don't want to be upset So I literally am having this dialogue with myself and God, just saying like, if this is the worst thing, just making sure he was. I'm gonna be obedient. (laughs) I promise. Just get me home safe. I don't want to hit the road, and I'm upset, and I'm worked up. Now I'm gonna be sitting in traffic. I might not make it to the U-Haul place on time to turn it in. So now I gotta pay for another day. But you know what? None of that is in my control. Right. Well, you know, so you said a couple, one one thing is was super funny. The reason why I was laughing is because Jordan, when we were taking the U-Haul, actually when we were getting ready to take the table out, mm-hmm. she goes, 
No, we took the y'all U-Haul back. I'm sorry. We pull up into the, to the lot, and she mm-hmm. goes, uh, "Don't you think we kind of got too big of a U-Haul for that one table? We could have just got <laughs> one of these small ones." I said, "I think Mom had high expectations of what she was going to bring back, and they didn't have anything smaller." <laughs> she was in like, my defense. She was like. Oh, they have different sizes. Uh, I think we got the wrong size, Dad. <laughs> it's like, no, I think she had high hopes. Yeah. Uh, but one couple things I just want to make sure people are listening to, because although that is a story that can sound really annoying and all those different things. Oh, I was fucking but heated. But you said, you said something before you started the story. You said, like, problems you have to get through. Right. You can't just avoid. You can't try to skip. Mm-mm. You can't try to ignore. Mm-mm. You can't do anything but get through it. It is the shortest distance between, you know, where you are at and where you're trying to get to as far as the problem is concerned is mm-hmm. to get is to through get through it. it. And then it's, and so I want to touch on that a little bit. But also what you said I thought was important is that, and we talked about this with our students today, like you took the problem and you had to get through it and you had to get help and mm-hmm. you, had to, you had to get all these things and you had to find the keys. And then you work to get to a different state of mind. Oh, I had to pep talk myself. Right. And so I, I want people to understand that, like, I, I like to think about you have a problem state and you have a creation state, mm-hmm. right? And what you did is you got in a car and you got into a creation state to create a new state of mind so that you didn't take that problem mm-hmm. and bring that problem into your I was vehicle. leaving that problem in that furniture yeah, store. It they to be still got them, actually. <laughs> yeah, they, you need to be left mm-hmm. behind. But I think oftentimes people take their problems, and I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. People take their problems from one place to the next place. Mm-hmm to another place and Mm -hmm. they just create more problems and they create problems for other people because of the fact that they can't leave the problem alone. They can't leave the problem where it's at and they can't get to a place where they're creating a state of mind that gets you ready for a new beginning. And I think that every time you get through something, there is a new beginning. And I think this episode is so fitting because it's going to come out on the, the, this will be, you heard this on the 15th, like it's a 15 more days, 16 more days at the end of this year. And right. everybody's looking for this new beginning. And, and if wanna... you could go into the new year with anything, like people, I see all these posts, you know, let's hope 2021 is better. Let's hope you're better yeah. because 2021 <laughs> right. is going to be That's a, what it a is. repeat version of the same shit you did in 2020. If you don't grow, if you don't figure out how to better work through your problems, right? right? So again, step number one is just, always know that life is about ups and downs and problems come in different sizes, shapes. And here's another caveat. They're never fucking convenient. That's why it's called a problem, right? right? And so- I think when you, it's like taking your favorite movie and mm -hmm. saying, I'm going to watch the beginning. And as soon as the problem shows up, I'm going to fast Fast forward forward. to the end Mm -hmm. until the place where you have- Until it's a happy ending. Happy ending. That is not what life's about. And no, and that's what it not, you you wouldn't enjoy the movie either. Right. Right. And so I think it's important that people understand that you got through 2020, right? And I think- If you were lucky and blessed. If you were lucky and blessed. And I think that you have to look at not that the problem of coronavirus is going to go away. Mm -hmm. I think you have to look at it and say, how am I going to look at this as a fresh start, a new beginning, create a new state of mind that is prepared for whatever is to come in 2021? Because as we're ending this year, we're starting to see things are surging, cases are surging. I got to tell you, People today, when I was shopping, were I felt shopping like and they were like a frantic state. Like mm-hmm. people were pushing their cart faster. I can see people were like their looks on their faces, and so 
I think that there's a stress level that I think that socially everyone is is adopting and mm-hmm. like taking on this burden of right. of like I you know I don't know what's gonna happen so I gotta I gotta buy all the toilet paper in the world right and I think I understand that but at the same time what else are they putting themselves in like mm-hmm. are they creating the stress that they're taking home to their kids are they creating the stress that they're taking to their workplace. And I think the stress is probably more impactful and could be more deadly than the Mm -hmm. disease itself. So I think it's just a mindset that we have to make sure that we're prepared with. I just, as you're talking, I'm just thinking of all of the problems that continued that day. Like that that U-Haul day after (laughs) I lost the key, I had some positive, you know, I had to push myself to a, a better place. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to be late already. So I may as well just check and see if there is a cost plus world market out here and see if they have the chairs that I want. Right. So I walk in, check. The guy takes an hour. By the way, I thought it was going to be like a 20 minute thing. Do you have them? Yes or no. Here's my money. Thank you. So I had ordered food. Now my food's cold. I haven't eaten all day. Okay. That's a problem. Whatever. Then we load him up in the U-Haul. And he goes, well, we only have four of the five chairs that you need. So why don't you go to the other store in Mission Viejo? And I said, is that close? I'm not from around here. He goes, it's about five, 10 minutes. Mm, Liar. It was 30 minutes. (laughs) So I go 30 minutes further past home, right? right? Only to get there and realize I left my fucking credit card at the other one. So I'm heated. Like, oh my God. (laughs) I'm just like, okay, Jesus, help me. I need you to literally take the wheel of the U-Haul because whatever, what am I going to do? Well, I'm not going to go back for it. I'm just going to have to order another credit card. So luckily I pay for the other one with a credit card, get loaded up, whatever. So drive home. There were so many other problems. (laughs) Oh, uh, when I go to pay for it, my whole entire purse opens and spills on the floor at the checkout. And I, at that point, I'm just like, Jesus, please. <laughs> like, I've never prayed so much because I'm just like, I, I know that I'm not going too fast because you keep throwing all these, you know, hurdles in front of me. So I'm waiting. But so I got back in the U-Haul and I just tried to calm myself down again. I said, it's not the worst that could happen again. All I have to do is make it home safe. Right. Right make it home safe, just make it home safe. So I listened to an audiobook. I put my state, checked my state, right? Oh, and my battery was dead. And so I didn't have a GPS. I didn't know how to get home. My phone battery died. <laughs> when does that ever fucking happen, right? So my battery's dead. Right. Luckily, there was a Best Buy right next to me when spent $30 on a freaking charger. I already have five of them, whatever. But that's the kind of day that I had. The point I'm trying to make to you guys is it didn't ruin my whole day. I didn't talk about it. I didn't even tell you half of this stuff because why am I going to bring all this to you? But when we talk about our problems, it's from a place of humor. Yeah. It just shit like that's going to happen. And then you feel bad for me. And then we laugh at it. And so this episode is very much for us to be transparent and talk to you about the shit that we go through. But the positive vibes that we have to create within ourselves in order to not just harp on all of the things that happen to you, right? Yeah. Another problem, Jasmine's at work today and she says that someone hit her car. Right. So, you know, we're on a call, a coaching call with some of our students and we let them know, hey, our daughter's car got hit in the parking lot today. Uh, She works for Starbucks. She literally watched this big ass truck back into her car. The car moved because it was so big. (laughs) And then he just took off. She runs out of Starbucks. She's chasing him down, flagging him down. He keeps going, right? Mm -hmm. So are you the person that's listening to this thinking to yourself, 
fucking people. They're so terrible. You know, that's right. the kind of world we live in. People are just dishonest, blah, 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 blah. Or are you the kind of person that listens to that story and says, what a great teachable moment for our kid. Right. Talk, yeah. Talk to the yeah, people and I, about it, that. I, when, as soon as she called, I knew, one, she wasn't in the car. Two, you know. What a blessing. What a blessing. She wasn't in the car and there was no... Then I thought this is a really good opportunity where she gets to learn how to navigate insurance, insurance a rental car, yeah, with a stranger, the like all the different things that I think people would call adulting, right? right? You, you're dealing with the problem. And I think my tone of voice over on the call was like very, very calm. Like, okay, this is what you want to do. She asked me questions. I told her what, mm-hmm. what she wanted to do. And then there were moments where I said, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. Right. How you want to handle this. Do mm-hmm. you want to go through her insurance? Do you want to just, you know, mm-hmm. deal with the guy paying cash or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be? But I thought it was a really good opportunity for her to learn how to deal with this. And so I didn't try to like micromanage mm-hmm. the situation and say, I'll be right there and I'll be I'll talk to the police for you mm-hmm. or why you do a police report. But how many parents would do that? Yeah. Some how people many parents would listening? We were to, on the uh, we were having a coaching call and someone said, oh, I, I would tell them I'm Gotta on go my by. way. Yep. <laughs> I'm on my way. But that was not the case. And I was very nonchalant. I was like, you know, that stuff kind of happens. So the and, point is, though, we are trying to instill and apply a little bit of pressure to our children so they're prepared for problems right. to arise. Right. And we're also trying to model it. Like I think that for us, I think we've done a really good job of not flying off the handle when there is a problem mm-hmm. or when there is a situation that arises. Yeah. I think us being really even kill, I think helps them and they flip out. They go, oh my God. Like yeah. that's their reaction. And mm-hmm. then we go, no, it's okay. It's yeah. fine. Right. Relax. It's okay. You mm-hmm. know, it's going to be okay. The times we've been in car accidents, yeah. all those different things, I think we've practiced a certain level of steadiness mm-hmm. that you need. And so as we think about how you prepare for problems, uh, I think the first thing is that you've got to have a mental practice where you're really getting your place yourself to a place like you remember what really matters, mm-hmm. right? What mattered to me that day was that I made it home right. safe. Right. And so what mattered today with Jasmine's car is this- that she wasn't in it. She wasn't injured. It's a car. It could be replaced. And by the way, this is why we pay insurance. Yeah. And I think you also have to. So once you do that, I think you have to understand what are you going to focus on? Mm-hmm. Right. So you focused on getting home safe. Mm-hmm. Right. No matter what's going to happen. Right. Getting home safe is the most important thing. And so After we're clear, I, yeah. when I got home safe, my plan was to stay in the house safe. <laughs> like, I didn't need to be pressured you to said, do can anything you guys, else. Can, can you guys take I the said, U-Haul? can you guys take this? Because I'm just not allowed to be in the U-Haul anymore. <laughs> I'm not allowed to be in the world today. So I'm going to go take a bubble bath and I'm done. Yeah. And they were like, it's 6 p.m. <laughs> yeah, but if you knew the day that I've had, I'm just going to, yeah, the day's I'm going to retreat. Right. My day is over. Right. And I think, so I think that you, the other part of that is now what are you going to focus on? So Jasmine's situation, once I realized she was okay, my focus was, okay, letting her learn mm-hmm. from this situation, allowing her to go through this process that many people listening to this mm-hmm. have gone through before, mm-hmm. right? And I think that then you have to say, okay, what am I going to take from this? Mm-hmm. What am I going to... So now I'm not focusing on this. What am I trying to get? Where mm-hmm. Am I trying to practice a level of patience? Am I trying to practice a level of grace? Am I trying to practice something that's going to get me something out of this problem Mm -hmm. because every single problem you face is supposed to give you something Mm -hmm. right it's mathematics every mathematical problem gives you a result answer it gives you an answer to something and i think when you really put yourself and say how do i prepare for problems you got to say what is the problem and what am i trying to create as the answer Mm -hmm. and i think that 
power that you take allows you to point the energy that you need to fixing and, and, and getting yourself to a place where you say, wow, I learned so much from this problem. Look what we were able to accomplish from this problem. Because oftentimes your biggest achievements come from problems. Mm -hmm. Come from the stuff that you've overcome. Right. And so I think that the biggest thing is understanding like there's going to be, there's a light on the tunnel. You have to get through it, but you got to be paying attention to it. You can't mm -hmm. be Jordan in the U-Haul, in the not aware that there's a crazy person <laughs> down right around you. You've got to yeah. be aware of, okay, I'm in this situation. This situation was designed for me. Mm -hmm. And now I have to look at this design and say, okay, this is this is what I'm supposed to be pulling from this. This okay, I'm learning this. I'm learning these things. And sometimes they're soft skills. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're just like maybe you're going through this problem because you're just not a good problem solver. Right. Right. Or maybe you're going through this problem because maybe you haven't been, you know, being proactive. And mm -hmm. now because you weren't proactive, all of these things are starting to hit you at once. They're piling up. And start piling mm -hmm. up. And so now it's it's designed to teach you, like, hey, you can learn from this mm -hmm. and if you if you want to. Otherwise, you're gonna put yourself in a state where you're going to sit in the problem. The problem's not going to go anywhere. It's going to terrorize you and it's going to lead to frustration. And I think that's when you get sad. And I think that's when you start to be feeling depression and all those kind of crazy things that can happen. Yeah. I think for me, I'm always looking for the lesson. Like in, in the whole U-Haul day, I was like, okay, Lord, this is about patience. You have me right where I'm supposed to be. I'm mm -hmm. not going to freak out that I'm behind or I'm running late. It's I'm avoiding some sort of accident. Like I always look at it as like some sort of divine intervention. Right. It doesn't feel fun and it's not what was on my agenda for the day, but it reminds me I'm not in control. Right. But I am supposed to surrender. Right. Mm. And so uh surrender. Can you, say that? Can you say that again? That's important. I'm not always in control. I'm supposed to surrender. What does so, that mean? Because so I think it means people need like to know that. life doesn't work on your time frame all the time. And I, we just talked about this in the beginning. I am very strict with my time. I set the day with intentions. I know where I'm going. I have 52 things to do. I can do all 52 things of them or all 52 of those things. But sometimes things come up and I have to just surrender to the fact that, oh, you thought you were in control. Mm. Not today, sis. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I remind myself, like, it's not always your time. It's not always on your schedule. What are you being protected from right now? Right. And I think that when, and I when, always think I'm being protected. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. And I, I that's where I think, you know, from a faith standpoint, like I feel like I'm protected. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm armored up um, from a standpoint of of protecting myself. But when I hear surrender, I hear exactly what you're saying. And I hope you guys are catching that is. You got to let go of the shit mm -hmm. you don't have control over, that you never had control over, that you thought you had control over, and say, let me surrender this control over me getting to where I need to get to at a certain time, me getting to a smooth way of moving through the day, not losing my keys, mm -hmm. all those different things. You got to just say, okay, that's, so I'm good. There was this this Asian guy that was in there watching me frantically look for my thing, and he said, did I hear you right? You lost your U-Haul key. And I said... You heard me right. If you see it, can you let me know? And he goes, I am so sorry. That is terrible. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't feel good. You know, like at the time I, I was just like, okay, just help me or not. Right. Right. So later on, I finally found it. And he goes, did you find it? I said, I did. And he goes, oh, thank God. And I said, I already did. I'm blessed and highly favored. 
And so, I, you know, did I know we were going to find the key? No, but it always works out. Yeah. If I would have had to call U-Haul, I don't know. I'm sure I'm not the only person who's ever lost a U-Haul key. It probably yeah. would have cost me money. That would have sucked, but I would have found the lesson somehow. Hey, I was going too fast. You know, hey, I need to pay a better attention. Like whatever the lesson is, I would have found it. <laughs> and the crazy thing is the U-Haul key has a gigantic keychain. Oh, on Huge. <laughs> It was like this hat five by like seven you, card it's not attached like you to lose it. One of those little, the little, you yeah. know, all in one keys. Right. No, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I needed to just slow my ass down. So, so uh, when I finally slowed down, I found the most amazing bar stools, and I said, "Can you guys please just give me a, a deal on these?" Well, they wouldn't give me a deal on them, so I was like, "Okay, whatever. I'm out." I come home and I tell everybody I found my soulmate bar stools, you guys, and I didn't do it. And then Eddie's like, well, how much were they? They were two thirty eight. Well, the ones the budget that I had given myself was two hundred dollars. So it was thirty eight dollars over times four. It's not that much, but it was the principle that they wouldn't give me a good deal. Right. right. So then the next morning I call to say like, hey, I'm going to come back and get those because I thought about it. And two thirty eight. I'm going to just bite the bullet. He goes, sorry, we sold them yesterday. Son of a bitch. <laughs> ah, another problem. <laughs> I mean, it's not a problem, but where am I ever going to find these bar stools again? Right, right. Right. So I found some similar ones like on some other websites and I kind of saved them all. And I've just been sitting on it since last week. Right before you started the podcast, I got an alert that this one place had 25% off. I was like, done, buying right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> so things always work out. Right, That's what do. you need to know about your problems is like, if there's a huge red light, that means stop, Yeah. right? Stop, get yourself together, figure out how to wait patiently, how to take inventory, how to change your state, how to change your energy. Yeah. And then when the light's green, you may proceed with caution. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I think, and we're definitely going to have a, a, a podcast about energy because I've been going crazy about this because I heard this thing and then I... I read a book a long time ago by William James called The Energies of Men. And mm -hmm. it reminded me of like some of the things I think that are so important around where you place your energy, mm. how you protect your energy, how you renew your energy. When you say that, uh, just so people don't think it's woo woo. No, I'm not talking your energy. I'm talking about so energy is the action, the motion that you're putting and then the attitude that you're putting towards things. For example, if I if I go and I do something and I have lackluster energy, I'm probably going to get lackluster results, mm -hmm. right? And like that quote goes, you know, where your energy flows, where your focus goes, your energy, energy flows. flows. Energy is one of those things that when you think about your job, when you think about your relationships, mm -hmm. when you think about your pursuit to your goals, what type of energy do you use, do you access to go after those things? Mm -hmm. Do you go after them with all of your might and all your energy? Or do you kind of just half-ass half -ass and just move through the motions? Mm -hmm. And I think that what people don't realize is that- You go through scared, expecting the worst. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I think when you do that, the hesitation robs you the lack of energy robs you from what you the can whole accomplish. Experience. And I think that, so I, I want to go deeper in that because I think that's a huge topic. And I think what people don't understand is that we can access a, an a boundless amount of energy. And we also have the ability to access a second wind mm -hmm. because we've all gotten tired. Right. We've all lost steam, 
But to be able to have access to a second win, and, and runners know that they get they're running, you know, several miles. I'm not a runner, but I've heard about this. Um, <laughs> they're running, and all of a sudden they get their second win, and that kicks in, and that can push them through the finish line. And so. We're going to talk more about that because I think that's a huge topic. And if we can get people and we can show them how to access energy uh, at a high level, I think it's a good thing. So more to come in the more next push podcast. Yeah. So if you got something out of this or if we made you laugh, a couple of our friends, you know, that have our text, our, our phone numbers, they text us and say, I'm cooking dinner and I'm laughing my ass off right now. And they'll quote certain things. Please, if you don't have our cell phone numbers and you don't text us, can you just take two seconds and leave a review here on iTunes so that way we know if you're getting something out of this? Are we helping to push you into a higher level of yourself? Are we helping to push you into a better perspective? Are we helping to push you to be prepared for what's to come and what's in store for you in 2021? So if so, let us know. It's our honor to be here with you. Thanks for sharing space with us and check your energy. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through